Hey guys, this is Steve from Wolves at the Gate, and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, I'm going to welcome you all back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire. As always, this is your host, Sonny, here once again. And today I have the honor of speaking with the amazing Stephen Kabuchi. Uh, thank you so much for joining our IOF series today, man. You know, this is definitely an exciting year. For you and the rest of the guys over at Wolves at the Gate with the release of your latest studio album, Eulogies, uh, setting to drop March 11th via Solid State Records. You know, I want to start things off, Steve, by, you know, commending you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far, especially with those, I mean, those singles that dropped, uh, Lights and Fire, Shadows, Peace That Starts the War, Stop the Bleeding. I mean, so much to unravel about this record and who you guys are all about. But before we get to all that and beyond, I know we talked about it before the interview started, and I just want to say it because I said it, Scuba Steve, damn you, so glad to have you here. I was watching Big Daddy before I was interviewing Steve, and who doesn't know, we were talking about it. Uh, Steve, how are you, man? How is life in 2022? I know we're all kind of just collectively all coming out of this long tunnel we've been in for the last two years. How are you, man? And where are you? <laughs> where are you calling uh, from? I didn't even ask you that part. <laughs> yeah. I'm in New Jersey. That's where I grew up. And yeah, that's where that's where home is. So that's where I am. And uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, uh, definitely brighten up my day a little bit, reminding me about Scuba Steve. That was that was pretty funny uh, trip down memory lane. Uh, yeah. And so like all those quotes are like flooding into my brain right and, now. And, so and, I, and I, then, of course, the AOL screen names. We, we've been on we've yeah. been kind of living in 2002 for a minute just for a little bit there and now we're coming back this is the hot second yeah <laughs> then jump forward 20 years yeah no yeah this year's been good i mean it's exciting for us to have something to look forward to which is the album release you know um most of lockdown i mean we were getting ready to to do another headlining tour right when lockdown hit and so that just put a halt to everything and once we started realizing it was gonna be a minute before anything went back to normal yeah i in some senses it was exciting for me because my favorite part of being in the band is writing and recording music so i just wanted to get right to work with that yeah and you know obviously life as of late right many of us are finally beginning to return to the stage setting fans and musicians alike you know you're talking about staying busy with what you are i mean how have you been keeping up your vocals your guitar chops these days is that affecting your musicianship has anything changed for you routine wise lately if at all i mean two years man you know it's yeah. kind of, it's it's crazy to think like did i age two years in the last like day <laughs> you know that's what it feels like because it went yeah. by in a flash how have you been keeping all that up um honestly practicing um but more so practicing guitar um because uh with with the vocals tracking a like so we during lockdown we recorded an ep and a full length um, and so during like that writing process, I'm tracking vocals all the time, you know, so I was singing a lot, which was great. But the hard part has actually been since we finished tracking it, we finished it like in the summer and it's been the summer until now. And I haven't had much reason to do a lot of vocal stuff. So I've just honestly been trying to just keep it up by like a, a few days a week, just kind of singing like a six, seven song set, you know, because... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a muscle, so it needs it needs to stay alive and stay conditioned. And I don't want to be that guy that shows up when we finally get back to tour and I sound just like a strung out cat, you know. So it's like, wait, I, I'm a singer. I got to make sure I I, I I keep that, you know, that momentum going. And it's yeah. really great to see uh, you doing what you're doing. And here's the thing. You've been at this for a while, man. I mean, I'm, I'm talking mm -hmm. about, like, you know, for as long as I've been a fan for Wolves at the Gate. The band got got its inception in 2008, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. at a yeah. town uh, called Cedarville or Ohio. It's a small town. You don't hear a lot of bands making a name for themselves. And here you guys are doing what you're doing. I want to kind of stay on that subject of the touring life and the live music experience for you personally, Steve, because you guys have shared the stage with some of my other favorite bands, you know, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. August Burns Red. Shout out to Matt Griner. We've had him on our show a few times. Oh, cool. Uh, Fallout Boy, Emery, Switchfoot. The list goes on, man. What is it about performing live that you love the most or maybe even miss the most? Would you say you have a newfound appreciation about it now? Yeah, I do. Um, 
the thing that I love about playing live music is honestly um, the feeling of doing, yeah, performing our songs with the guys in the band because there's like a degree to which like um, there's times where I'm like, like just impressed by Nick and how great his voice sounds, you know, in a section or, or Abishai and how tight he is in the drums, you know, or if it's Joe and just how he's just a phenomenal guitar player. When we get together and we can recreate these songs, you know, because we all live in different states, the five of us. Um, none of us live in the same state, so we don't get to jam much together. So wow. when we get together for for tour and practice and play, you know, I don't ever get that feeling uh, unless we're together, you know, like I write and record so much music in my home studio, but it's not the same, you know, like nothing beats, you know, a guitar going into a head coming out of a cab and you feel that feeling the kick drum, you know, like all of that, like live energy. And so I love kind of like getting that wall of sound that comes out from us and goes out to the crowd. Um, I never, we, we always joke about how we'll never get to see ourselves live you know so however it feels to us hopefully it's as cool for us as it is for everybody else but that's what i i really love um is that aspect of live music and and let me let me save you the time there because the thing that makes wolves at the gate wolves at the gate is the live presence that you guys put on stage i mean i mean have you seen what the fans have said about you guys when you guys are on stage like holy shit it, you guys really know what you're doing and it's it's always that performance like you hear all these other men but then you hear oh did you see did you, you guys saw wolves at the gate did you see what they did like you know because it's a whole different energy that you guys feed off of the crowd which i've seen you know <laughs> and i want to get your take on this since we're on that subject because what we've seen for the last two years is what live streaming right a lot of the bands will yeah. be on stage they're taken to the screen but do you think what we all saw during that rise of the quarantine induced live streaming and and I, I asked I asked a lot of other bands that who came through here. We had Trivium on here, Devin Townsend, you know, a lot of bands like did that with the whole live streaming gig. Is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your eyes, Steve? Like, has it already been affected? And do you still see bands making that a I don't know, a normality once we enter the midpoint of 2022 and beyond? I I don't think so. I think it's something that will carry on maybe as like a, a just a cool Easter egg to give to fans. I hope it's more so something that is done as a gift rather than, you know, like giving to the fans and, um, you know, cause you know, Canada's got stricter, you know, they have, yeah, more strict yeah. restrictions, same with right. Australia, yep. you know? And so, yeah, that, I mean, I think in, in that sense, maybe it'll stick around, but you know, it's just, it, it isn't the same. Um, you know, I would love, I would love to, um, yeah, we, we would love to give our fans something like that. Cause we have fans that are in places that we've never been. Like we, we get down every social media post come to Brazil. We've never been to Brazil. Um, so we want to be able to give those fans something that they can at least feel like is a good representation of who we are live, but it's not the same. It's, I think it's just a little too sterile uh still you know yeah it's only so much energy you can capture and i don't think bands will be resorting to it because people want they've been hungry for it you know i've been washing so, in my own room for the last two years man <laughs> right that's yeah, cool I mean, and all but it's like how much more creative yeah. can you get <laughs> yeah i mean when i'm practicing the songs i just turn off the lights and i'm i'm jamming in my basement so oh yeah like i i, I get it um but uh yeah i think it, i think it'll be a cool option of for something for bands to do as a way to connect with their fans. But I don't think that it will be um, a replacement by any means. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong answer to what you just said. Cause I've had so many artists who say, yeah, I'm not doing anything at all until all this is over. And finally things are starting to open up and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, knock on all the woods, but I'm <laughs> hoping things, things start to stay open. But, uh, and I love that answer because I feel like here's the thing. We love, the music that we love you and me you know metal metalcore mm -hmm. is yeah. because of the live presence right yeah. it's not it's not meant to be sure if you want to you know in front of a camera bands have done that but i've asked so many artists like yeah it's a little weird because <laughs> yeah because you, you know you're performing from the camera but you don't you don't 
it's not the same. You not there yourself. Yeah, and it's not there. So obviously, you know, staying busy during the pandemic is an important thing, right? So I, I got I love asking this question because aside from the music, uh, has it has that time, Steve, opened up new things for you that you may not have discovered before about yourself? Something that doesn't involve music and something that maybe you can take forward with you. Like for example, dude, I took a baking the first couple of months. I never baked anything in my entire life. I mean, April, 2020, May 20, I'm like, what am I doing? This is insane. Now I know how to bake cookies, you know? Something yeah. like <laughs> I mean, my sister taught me, shout out to my sister, but you know, it's just, I, I like asking that question. Like what, what else fed into your cre- creativity? I know you guys recorded your albums, but what else happened in the life of Steve? <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I've, I've been into carpentry and construction, you know, my whole life, you know, my dad owned um you know remodeling company and that was kind of like after school activity for me i would help him you know put kitchens in basically very cool um and so that's i've always you know i i've never taken time off from like even when we were touring you know like quite extensively you know nine months out of the year whenever i went home i worked you know it's just kind of the way i'm wired and so i was always working as a carpenter or doing tile or uh, all sorts of different trades, trying to learn them. And so um, I, uh, I really want to step into, cause I love like design um, and especially having my hands in home remodeling for, you know, uh, man, going on 20 years now, um, you know, I wanted to get into the design aspect of it. Um, you know, getting into learning how to create architectural prints and architectural design. And um, I started working with a guy that I worked with a long time ago and told him, I was like, hey, I'd like to try doing this and you need somebody to do this. And so that all kind of happened before lockdown. Yeah. And I was kind of just like working from home for him. And we got super busy because I don't know if you know this, but during lockdown everybody was stuck in their houses so everybody wants to remodel their house because they realized i don't like this or if i'm going to be stuck here i want the it timing to of all this wow yeah it's it's crazy yeah and so it's something i've done my whole life but um so i learned how to use um cad software to kind of di- like uh yeah and like rendering you know like 3d uh 3d renderings of like if somebody wants a new kitchen or a redesign of their whole interior so kind of learning those two things in tandem was a, a different creative outlet for me that I've had my hands in longer than music, honestly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of just dug into that more. Um, and, uh, you know, with that, I, you know, learning how to create my own blueprints and things like that. I built a, a front porch on our house and, did a whole bunch of other stuff to my house during lockdown as well. So yeah, I stayed busy on, on that end of things then. Okay. Around you, I got to ask, I know it's a narrow view from what I'm seeing. What have you made or created that you can show me? Because this is something oh. that I can tell you have a really undying passion for. And I love that you're doing this. I think you should yeah, keep well, doing this. So yeah, I, well, I, I kind of, I kind of want to see this right now. So, so I built this whole room. Actually, this was during quarantine as well. Um, this is kind of like my home studio. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's, it's in the basement. Um, and I learned a lot about sound treatment, uh, by helping my friend Taylor Larson, who mixed Eclipse and also mixed eulogies. Yeah. I actually built a very similar room for him at his house. So he could, he's like, you know, he wanted to be able to mix at his house. And so I had, I built these like I built three walls for him that are on wheels that he could move. Um, and they're like big walls, you know, and they had sound treatment in them and had sound treatment above. And, and uh, that I actually did that pretty soon before uh, lockdown. I did that at the end of 2019 for him. And so I learned a lot about, yeah, sound treatment. And so I took and applied all those things that I'd learned and kind of my building experience and built this, this studio. And well, the desk that this is sitting on, I built this desk. Um, it's kind of hard to show you the desk that this is on, but I did that. But uh, yeah, that, that's also- bro. That, that is awesome. I feel like, man, if you get a chance to 
starting your own business for something like that and colliding it into what the music you create. I'm just saying, man, it's uh, you really have a passion for what you just look at what you just told me. I mean, I mean, it's it's a, and I can see that you really have a passion for this. And I, I wonder, like, when you made that uh, uh, for for uh, for uh, a couple yeah, of years yeah. ago, yeah, yeah. Have you done anything like that before? It's just something that you just researched and then just made on the fly, and you're like, wow, I can actually do this, you know? Yeah. And and you apply it to everything else that you're doing. I mean, consider case in point. Am I yeah. seeing around you? Yeah, I mean, I'd never done anything. I mean, I love studios. I'm fascinated by them because I know, you know, um, from what I know about building and, you know, residential construction, you know, building for a studio is so intricate and different because of all the wiring and patching that has to occur and the sound treatment and how sound reflects off different materials. And um, I had I'd actually offered um, to a number of producers we've worked with um, you know, basically said to them like, Hey, I'll remodel your studio for a record, you know, or we could trade trades basically, you know, yeah. you need an update on the studio and I'll need a record mixed or I'll need a record engineered. Um, and, you know, I offered that to a few producers, but I offered it to Taylor after he mixed the clips and he took me up on it. And, uh, and through that, yeah, I, I learned a lot cause he had a, what is called an acoustician, which is this somebody who understands how to treat a studio, how sound works, um, how to diffuse and reflect properly. And um, so Taylor just told me what he wanted and I kind of designed it in my CAD software and then just drove down there and, and built it. Uh, <laughs> that was, Dude, I, I yeah. could think of his name, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. Uh, shout out yeah. to Taylor, by the way. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to point out as you're telling me what you're, everything that you're describing, teaching workshops man can you imagine mm -hmm. i mean i mean even if you do something like that i feel like you have a lot of knowledge about what you've been through you could teach someone like me because i want to find out about it both of my brothers are actually producers and they've oh, come cool. from their apartments i come from music family so it's yeah. i actually related to everything that you just said which is so great to see and this podcast will be on all podcast streams so any producers <laughs> that's hearing out there around the world hire steve all right and now all you got to do is think of the next name I mean, yeah, we talked about scuba Steve, but I think we can, we can, I think that's taken. I think we want to keep that <laughs> strictly to <Yeah. laughs> the, the way it's known, or even, Hey, you can make something with that AOL screen name, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the possibilities are endless as far as that is concerned. And, and uh, I love that you're doing that. Keep doing it. Um, and maybe you could even start, is, is there like a, do you have any socials like, uh, related to what you're doing outside of music as far as no work? just my personal one you yeah, know and honestly okay. i don't really post that much because they're man there are guys that are so good at like posting while they work or like taking videos and i'm like when i'm in it i'm in it and I, yeah. i'm not thinking about like filming it and stuff like that honestly i'd probably just mess up the whole time if i was filming it kind of like you're talking about doing the intros you know uh to like the podcast yeah 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 i've been that guy doing it 20 times you know so okay uh, steve I, needs a videographer that's what we need all right all right let him get to work so he can get a videographer uh everyone yeah. needs to see about and hire steve to build your studio uh man if we were neighbors i'd probably get you to build ours because we need one too uh man okay we talked about everything steve let's get to the new album all right this is the fifth album eulogies drops mm -hmm. march 11th on solid state I want to repeat the words here, fifth album, right? Before we get into the nitty gritty of eulogies, mm -hmm. because this is the follow-up to 2019's Eclipse, like we just referred to earlier. I went back and heard that. Uh, another solid effort through and through. I felt like it really, that record I thought at that time really cemented Wolves at the Gates sound in the heavy metal and metalcore realm. And here's the thing about those genres. There's so many bands just coming into the scene, trying to make a name for themselves. But there's something that you guys are doing a way that it should be done. And, and I'm hearing that within the sound, you know, knowing the success of albums like captors and five by five, which is what I call it. And then, and then mm -hmm. type, types and shadows, uh, Steve, was there any such thing as pressure for you and the guys when you decided to sit down and write again for a new album, considering, you know, we're well into the band's career mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah, I mean, honestly, 
the most pressure I ever felt was our first record. Um, and I think that was honestly the only time I ever felt pressure just because um, this was the first thing that we were going to do on the label and it was going to be our first full length. And, you know, first, you know, your debut album's important. And so, but subsequently since then, um, yeah, I don't ever, I don't ever feel the pressure because, um, maybe like you, it's, I feel like you, it, maybe you just got that out of the way in the debut album, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, I yeah. got it done. Now I can do whatever the heck I want to do. Yeah. And honestly, I just, I think that we've always felt, we don't have a lot to lose. We just have a lot to gain, you know, um, because we already are getting to do something that was the dream, which is to make, make records. And, um, you know, that way was provided for us. And so it's really just up to us just to make music. Obviously a fan base, you know, likes what we did and, you know, we just try to work hard, you know, um, put a lot of thought into our music. And I think I, I can't, I either need to do it that way or just not do it at all. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's really any pressure. The only pressure I ever put on myself is just what I want the songs to be, honestly, mm-hmm. rather than how, how they'll be received. You know, and songs like Shadows to Kiss the Wave to Dead Weight, it's that, that made me my favorite track on the record, uh, oh, to so- White Flag to silent anthem uh I, I felt like and hear me out i felt like this had everything for most not for not only a wolves at the gate fan but for any metal fan out there because this is quite the follow-up bro i mean i can't wait to hear these songs live i mean it's one thing to push the the boundaries of metalcore but it's another to almost refine it almost giving the genre a new layer of the sounds of everything that wolves at the gate is like it was anthemic. It was heavy as hell. It was very emotional and melodic, yet unrelenting. And I felt as if this record also, you know, pushed, you know, each of you to be a better version of yourselves musically and maybe even mm-hmm. personally. And I'm going to mm-hmm. quote you here. Uh, I won't overthink my songs just for rebellion's sake. I mm-hmm. no longer think twice about it. Eulogies is all about creating whatever we wanted to create. So walk me through this, Steve. How much did things change from when you first started composing on eulogies to where you ended up finishing it? Did you already have a specific sound in mind or did it just kind of just evolve into what it is? I'm doing this because I'm Italian. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm Italian. A lot of question I know. A lot of question I know, but I feel like that's an important one to ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I probably have never had a sound in mind, but rather the idea of, you know, there's just so much stuff that I love about music that um, I, I want, I want our band to represent those things. And I want our band to show those things, the things that I've loved about music. That's why I write. That's why I wanted to write songs in general was hearing a song and loving the feeling and the emotion that it gave me and wanting to recreate that. Like yeah. I want to make my own version of that. And so I think that this album is uh yeah really the most free i've felt to just chase down um yeah any sort of thought if i was because i think there were times where i would have said like you know like a song like no tomorrow is probably like the most ballad sounding song we've ever written um but i think that's that's my second favorite sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there yeah that caught me off guard i love that i was like what is this is great (laughs) that's my second favorite Well, and that's the thing is I have a lot of songs that I've just written like that on the acoustic that I've I've always and like Lights and Fire as well. I wrote that on the acoustic hmm. and I always, you know, what honestly changed my mind was back when we were writing Eclipse and there's a song called Evil Are the Kings that um, I was working on. And I thought, oh, this isn't a Wolves at the Gate song. And I showed it to Abishai. And I said, I was like, hey, what do you think of this? I'm like, I don't really think it's a Wolves at the Gate song. He's like, why? It's cool, you know? And literally, it just, it was like a light switch went on. And I was just like, why do I do that to myself? And and so I'm like, Abishai likes it. He's he's in Wolves at the Gate. Uh, he's in my band. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's do it, you know? So I, yeah. I think that really gave me some more freedom to just write what I want to hear and and 
as long as the rest of the guys dig it, like, let's run with it. And what did I say earlier? I felt like this album actually made you become a better person musically and, and personally, right? And case yeah. in point. And speaking of the sound, I think we talked about it for a little bit. The production, man. Good God. Uh, the sound itself was a big part of the record that I really loved. And I'm an audiophile these days. Steve, I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound. The producing and mixing and mastering. Uh, what I learned is that Eulogies is self-produced. Is that correct? With yeah. you and Joey Alarcon. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Collingsworth, uh, he recorded his drums at the Mixwave Studios in Bethesda, Maryland. And then Summers tracked it at uh, Rat King Recordings in Nashville. I mean, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And uh, and I felt like, and it said they made the rest of it at, at Joey's and yours uh, studio. I mean, talk about all this for a, a minute here. I know I'm throwing a lot of names yeah. at you, a lot of different ways this was recorded i'm sure there was that sense of comfortability comfortability for you steve knowing that you kind of had full power of the way you wanted your rec record to sound because usually it's like okay here's this do that they kind of give it to a producer and the band doesn't really do anything with it which is fine that's mm -hmm. i feel like that's a traditional way but you had full power you had full control over how you wanted to sound is that a comfort level for you yeah well i think because when it came down to it you know fifth record i feel like you know actually stepping into our third record i feel like i really knew what i wanted our band to sound like but it just wasn't it wasn't ever getting accomplished you know i'd get i'd get the mix and i'm like man this isn't this isn't quite how i envisioned it uh -huh. and it's not because i think i'm a better engineer than some of these guys or better mixers or anything or or better producer but i know us and i know like there is a reason and purpose to a lot of things I want to do. And so we really we just want to surround ourselves with um, people that are going to help us realize uh, our ideas um, and our vision. And so Taylor, Taylor is one of the best drum engineers I've I've ever heard of or, or seen. And so I was like, this guy's going to help us realize what we want drums to be, you know, uh, Darren King, he's the guy that record. He he engineered the bass with Ben uh, at Studio Rat King Studios. We've known Darren from. He was in a band called The Overseer, and so we know we've known him for a long time. Toured together, we're label mates, and Darren's just a phenomenal musician. And he gets us. Um, he gets like the sound. He knows what we're influenced by. He knows what we want to sound like, and so he totally knocked it out of the park with Ben, like cho choosing the right basses for the right songs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, and the same, Joe and I have spent hours, uh, probably a scary amount of hours going through what's the best guitar string? What's the best pickup? Um, what's the best pickup for this guitar? What's the best string for this tuning? Guitar, tons of different guitar tones, you know, sending songs back and forth of like, what, the, what about this guitar tone? Oh, what if, it had this low end, but with this song's high end, you know, all that kind of stuff, really just trying to shape what we want to sound like. And so we just found people that could help us accomplish that. And as for the actual engineering of it, you know, we've, Joe and I have been into, you know, audio engineering for a long time, uh, him longer than me. And so tackling, you know, guitars and um, for me, all the vocals wasn't that daunting because I've been doing that you know, I, I tracked and, or, and yeah, I engineered and edited all of our vocals on our first full length. Um, the producer would just leave and wow. I did it. Um, and not because I asked to, but he said, hey, you seem to know your way around the software. You want to do it? I'll get out of like, here. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, OK. <laughs> I was like, I've never used Pro Tools, but yeah, I can. I'll figure it out. So, yeah. So, um. Yeah, it was cool to be able to, we know where our strengths are, we know where our weaknesses are, and so we want to find people that help us, yeah, strengthen those weaknesses um, with their expertise and experience. How many songs did you have to scrap? Um, well, yeah, we, we, we probably had 30. Um, wow, so. I'm not surprised at all. That's, that's yeah. pretty amazing. Time yeah, to release so a B-sides. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would, I would love to do that. Although the nice thing is, is like there, there's always so like the last two records we wrote around thirty for for each record. You know, there's usually like 
seven that just won't see the light of day, but the others I'll end up like pulling stuff from, or, you know, starting over again and trying to make it work. Like yeah, Dead Weight was one of those songs. Silent Anthem was one of those songs. Um, yeah. So like, I just kind of just put them on a shelf and have them yeah. available if I need them. Do you ever go back and listen to those like tracks that you scrapped back in like, I don't know, like in the mid 2000s, maybe even before that. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, man, we wrote that. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. like, do you, what's the motivation behind that? Like, it's like, I want to listen to this track that I wrote back before, you know, uh, uh, you know, of five and five, for example, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, ah, okay. I'm never touching this again. <laughs> and I want to, there's yeah. like, there's a sense of like humility in it too. Yeah, there is. I, I think I, I honestly, I just, I mean, I look at old songs and I see the decision-making process. I can see where my head was at and what I was trying to accomplish. And there's things that I think I did accomplish, but things, other things that I, that didn't land the way that I wanted them to. And so I want to learn from those things. I want to take the good stuff from captors, from five by five, from types and shadows, leave behind the stuff that I don't think accomplished what we were trying to do. And that's what keeps making us who we are. And that's what makes our sound, our our sound, you know, is making the, we just want to keep making the better version of ourselves. Yeah. And I want to piggyback off of that because uh, Steve, this next topic I want to talk about, because I feel like it's something that is really important to you. I felt like this was a very personal record for you too. You spoke Mm -hmm. about the vision, right? But I don't feel like we Mm -hmm. dove into it enough. Um, I'm going to quote you here again, because I think this is very important. Our motivation is one of love, not our love, but the love of God and for broken people like us. Here's Mm -hmm. the thing. I grew up listening to, there was a radio station here back in 2001, I want to say. It's called Power FM, all right? Uh, And here in Dallas, it's no longer in existence. So shout out to Power FM, whoever ran that. But they played a lot of Christian rock and Christian metal. That's how I was introduced to bands like POD and Demon Hunter and Skillet, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. that Christian rock and Christian metal, that, that, that area, what's the first thing that, that comes to mind when you hear something like that and how strongly do you identify with it? And is it an element that defines wolves at the gate on who they are today? Or maybe if it's an extension of who you guys are, because I feel like that label is something that can be easily misunderstood that gets Mm -hmm. thrown a lot, thrown around a lot. Cause I know you have a strong. Uh, belief in like the faith you know i, I want to ask about that yeah i mean i've never i've never really cared for the the genre title because um you know it's kind of like it's kind of like labeling somebody based on their political affiliation there's a lot of uh there's a lot of bad with the good you know yeah, definitely. Um, and so it's not that i i don't want to be identified as a christian but rather um christian the christian music industry um there's a lot of there's a dark side to it and there's a lot of things that i don't agree with and things that i don't respect um ways in which i don't want to be associated with it because i i don't think that um i don't think that the gospel is a marketing tool um you know, if it's something that's supposed to be the, the foundation of like where you place your hope, it shouldn't be used as a way to pull on people's heartstrings so that they'll buy something simply because it's Christian. That's the thing I, I, I don't like. And I, and I think a lot of people who aren't, who aren't Christian feel the same way. Um, and it ends up being this, uh, yeah, sort of um, like click or I, I don't know. It's hard to explain yeah. but. I've never been a, I've never been a big fan of that. I think there are bands that I have liked that have been lumped into that category, but I've liked them because not because they want to be in that market, but rather because that's who they are. And I think yeah. that's what I feel strongly about in regards to our band is that we are Christians and so yes, I understand how somebody's going to put us in that genre. Um but um I also don't like that because um, I think it's a little reductive, especially because of what we could be um, lumped into with, but also because we are just, we are making music. 
Um, we don't classify um, many other genres, you know, based yeah. on what they're talking about. If they're agnostic, look what's or behind me for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, there's there isn't there isn't any other genre classification um, because it doesn't actually affect the way that our music, the sonic element of it, it doesn't mm-hmm. affect that. There's no, you know, there's no uh, like God note that we're playing that, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, Sorry, I think that, that, that's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh my god you know <laughs> yeah yeah there's no yeah you know we're playing the same instruments and the same within the same musical structures that everybody else does <laughs> sorry it made, it, it made it funnier when you just putting your finger down like this to, <laughs> to god <laughs> yeah you no know, i i really really i i absolutely love that answer and i i agree with you one thousand percent and mm-hmm. i feel like you should just write about what you want to write about no the labels, I felt like, you know, when we grew up, it's just like, okay, what, you know? And then the labels, I feel like they're a lot more, I feel like it's a lot more, more diversity today. It's like kind of almost limits you from it kind of puts you in that box. Like you said, and you can't really expand on your capabilities. And I felt like you guys are outside of that. I feel like more bands could do that. You know, I felt like a lot of bands out there are limited because of said, you know, scenarios, you know? Yeah. And, and and I just love that Wolves at the Gate is where it's at. And uh, just the irony of and people who are listening, like there's a behemoth plaque right behind me. So that makes it funnier. Um, <laughs> but, you know, be, between, you know, writing and uh, structuring the songs and the production process, like we just talked about, you know, talking about what you're writing, right? The lyricism, right? Throughout eulogies, the bulk of that centers around topics like reflection and, and introspection and isolation, especially at a time like today, Steve you know, we could all resonate with it. You know, you have a song like Shadows, which is, uh, I believe is about Plato's allegory and of the cave as it explores your faith. And then mm-hmm. you have a song like Lights and Fire. And I read the timeline of uh, incidents that you've been through with that, that mm-hmm. influenced that song. It was related to a number of like the most painful parts of your life. I mean, Steve, man, I'm glad you, you're where you're at. Like, cause I wouldn't be able to handle, I read the experiences <laughs> that you've been through due to that song. But I begin to think of something tangible, like a theme to eulogies. Like, is there one? You know, how important are themes to you? Was that a big component to songwriting on this album? Um, it. I, I never, when I'm writing songs, I never think about the album. Um, hmm. There are there are guys that create albums that they they their albums are conceptual from the get go. I think every album is conceptual. It just depends on when you're deciding that if you're looking back on it and realizing this is the concept of the album because you're writing within a a time frame and an experience um, or you're choosing to do that on the, on the front end. I I never do that because I think, I think it would completely destroy me. (laughs) I'm not up for the task. Let's put it that way. It seems so difficult to do that. Maybe one day I'll do that is, start with a theme but yeah so every record i've always just end up i end up looking at all the i read through all the lyrics because it's it's the worst we finish an album we're going to record it the label already they want an album title and i'm just like i'm not ready every album carpentry steve kabuki do it please (laughs) sing about that i want to do it i want your soul album we're just talking about you doing carpentries can you imagine like that would i would love to hear that yeah, it'd be that, fun. That, to try. that that laugh told me you you told me you've thought about it. Uh, I I haven't. I was just thinking about how <laughs> cool it would be to come up with metaphors to explain things that would be pretty boring to some people. So make it exciting. And there we go. Yeah. That that's an idea. But uh, you know, would you say that you see eulogies as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back? Yeah, definitely. You know, being on lockdown, um, not you know, a lot of a lot of our lyrics come from, um, yeah, relationships I end up having with people on the road. You know, conversations I'll have and um, with fans or talking with the guys in the band, um, seeing where they're at. And uh, some of the songs will be self-reflective, but this was the first time where all of the songs. I mean, I was just left with myself and thinking about. Really, I just, I just kind of decided, like, well. I'm just going to write about things that I like, I need to hear, Um, you know, 
things that I've been through that I, I want a song for to help, you know, give me hope and joy. Um, because a lot of times when you struggle with something, you know, you grow from it, but it doesn't ever go away. You know, um, it, it never like completely dies, you know, whatever that struggle is. Um, and so I just wanted a song that I'd be able, songs that I would be able to go back to and remind me of things that were really heavy and really important. You know, like you said, dead weight was one of your favorite songs. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was, it felt so good to say the things in that, you know, that the lyrics say in that song, because um, I'm going to be reminded you know, really, it's the songs about pride uh, and and arrogance, um, and um, seeing that in myself, and really just, just yeah, I I, I hate it honestly. Um, I hate when I see it rise up, um, and I want it to die, and that's what the song's about. You know, is uh, kind of this idea, and and also I guess with pride is is being judgmental. I don't want to be judgmental. Um, you know. I want to be somebody who's extending the same grace that has been given to me um, through Christ. And so that's what I want. That's what the song's about is like, is kind of that idea. And so, yeah, a lot of the songs have a lot of those, those sort of themes that um, are, yeah, they're, they're really helpful for me. And it's been exciting to see it impact other people now that it's getting out there. Cause there was a degree to which it felt a little like selfish. Um, mm. But um, I just realized that was, that was stupid. It's been helping a lot of people. So it really has. And I, I love that. Uh, that may be one of the best explanations I've ever heard as far as like, and it's really cool to see because you write something right in your life. And it's almost like a diary. You have five albums, man. And I feel like mm -hmm. you guys are only going to get better from here. The sky's the limit. And it almost like shows a chronology of your life. Looking back, not even just you, but even for Nick, Joe, uh, mm -hmm. Abishai and Ben, you know, at collectively. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like you guys as a unit are, at its best. I, like I said, I thought it was with Eclipse, but you guys mm -hmm. won up yourselves here. I hope you know that. Uh, but thanks. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for just sharing everything about who you are. I mean, I, I enjoyed this, man. Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. I hope we do this, do this again, you know, when you guys come to Dallas and yeah. we can do another face-to-face -face interview with you and the guys. I love, I miss doing interviews in person, but yeah, uh, man. I like having the guys with me too, so that, that would be better. <laughs> by the way, for people who don't know, I'm sure a lot of people know at this point, the, we, the reason why we call ourselves interview under fire. And I hope you love this. What I'm about to tell you is we would give you chicken wings and we would go a hot sauce level higher with each topic we discuss. Whoa. And I did that with uh, a Capra, which is a metal blade artist back in November. And I'm still feeling the burn. So, and we make our, <laughs> and we make our sauce in house. Uh, we have a whole staff here on IUF shout out to Corey and Antonio. We actually make the sauce in house. So now, you know, while we call wow. ourselves that so if we ever do an interview in person keep in touch let me know and <laughs> we'll do it after the show because the band we yeah. did it with they did it before they performed the second song on their set and i love capra to that uh uh poor guys they were just sweating like just the set and they're yeah. a hardcore band all right so they were going all yeah. out and the second yeah. song they're like this was a bad idea and we're just yeah. all like checking in each other uh, checking in on each other the next morning having like Pepto, like, does anyone have their Pepto? All right, we're good. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> chicken wings, interview under fire. Now you know why we call ourselves that. Now, that surprise at the end. You ready? I feel like you're getting closer and closer to the camera as we talk here. Uh, I'm, wheel, so I'm just kind of <laughs> gliding around. So here we go. I'm going to I'm gonna do something here called the hot seat. Hot seat. All right, we talked about the lyrics. Man, you're nervous, Steve. Look at you. you got your, you're sitting here like this. I'm going to see if you know the lyrics to your own songs. Are you up for that challenge? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't even hesitate. This was great. I did this with Sean and Phineas, and uh, man, that was fun with them. He had to think <laughs> deep for that. So I picked... Yeah, well, I've, for I've forgotten lyrics on stage before, so this... We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. If anything, I'm making you re rethink your set list when you come to Dallas. But <laughs> I picked some easy ones, hopefully, and I actually picked some deep cuts. So you ready for this? Yeah. Here we go. I'm going to go down. I'm going to read a lyric. You just you just tell me the title. I'm going to start you up easy. I promise. I'm laying here with nothing left. Just the ashes of my silhouette. Should I even read anymore? Lights and fire. <laughs> yep. Uh, comes out from the new album. Great song. And by the way, as I'm reading this, it's like poetry. So oh, I, I feel like awesome. it's delivered in such a whole different tone. I mean, think about it. Watch this. 
Secrets have a voice, screaming without breath. My heart speaks of its choice, calling for my death. Love that lyric. Oh, man. Um, yeah, now I'm putting you on the spot. Here we go. Aftermath. <laughs> yep. Types and shadows. Hey, here we go. You got this. All right. I'm not going in order. So yeah. I think that was a clue already. Trace, in wa- trace the warmth began to feel the fire fading in my hands. It all expires. Desperate for release, the crowd divides. The panic and the peace start to collide. Alone. Yep. Eclipse 2019. <laughs> I think you already knew it after like the first word. Here we go. <laughs> My feet be quick for this racing heart. Come morning's light, will the chasing start? You already know this, don't you? Should I even <laughs> slaves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, captures 2012. All right, now here we go. I think you got this one. I picked this one from like in the catalog. Like a felon, he fell into scandals, scams, the master and master plans to, to circumvent all circumstances. Let me finish. Uh, he thought to his throat, we can swallow this key and leave when we please. I feel like I'm reading like a lullaby to like let someone go to sleep. So go ahead. Planning a prison break from the back to school EP 2013. I feel like that's a very underrated release you guys have put out that I feel like that does not get recognized enough. All right, moving on. Got a couple more Uh, (laughs) hollow and hopeless and cold. I'm going to stop there. Yeah. Yeah. A five and five 2014. All right. This one, I feel like uh, this one is also not mentioned, even though it's okay. I'm giving too much away. Hear the song of the angels. Lowborn. This is impressive, man. This is one of the best hot seats I've ever done. I've never had anything like that. Just read one line and you got it. I'm thinking about reading just one, just the first word here and you maybe even get it. Here we go. (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to try it. All right. This is the last one. I'm going to try it. So empty. No way. So empty. Yep. Oh, man. There's like a few songs it could be. Okay. Man, I'm going to, you got to get it. So empty me of this burden in my chest. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Pulled from the deep. Yeah. The <laughs> first song from the first EP in 2010. That is a deep cut. Man, uh, Steve, I'm going to give you a round of applause. <laughs> that was one of the most like solid hot seats i've ever had so you did awesome so usually what would happen is with those lyrics i would give you a chicken wing and considering how you answered everything i would lose every round and (laughs) i would be out by the second wing so um man see this has been so great dude thanks so much this is i loved every bit of this do you have any last words just any shout outs anything you would like to plug in or mention as far as wolves at the gate and the new album you have a new music video a tour maybe what you can and cannot say go ahead yeah we have a tour we cannot say and we have uh, uh, a music video that will be coming out soon got another new single coming out next week um and uh yeah thanks man that it's 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 nice when uh an interview doesn't feel like an interview so dude i appreciate that 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 means a lot and it's funny you say that because i was the shyest kid like 10 years ago i didn't (laughs) even know how to hold a conversation but then like I said, I come from a family of musicians. Right? Both of my brothers are drummers. I play the violin and bass. My sister is a, she plays viola. Like it's, and I found my way in music. You know, I meant, yeah. to, that's why I wanted to start this publication because it wasn't about just the interviews. It was more about authenticity, you know, yeah. getting the, giving people like you a chance to talk about what you love on a platform. And that's, I want to keep doing that. And the fact that you even told me that I meant, I might as well just close up shop. Cause well, that, that's well, a, no. <laughs> I'm not going to, <laughs> no, I think, I think it's, I think it's cool when, um, yeah, guys like in your position of podcasts or other publications can help give a, a platform for the artists to, I guess, show who they are, uh, in a different way. Cause I think it's really easy to come up with questions that are uh, sterile. And I think the reason why a lot of musicians end up not liking interviews is because it just feels like you're answering questions for a test, you know, or it's like data entry. Um, But that's why guys, a lot of people make music is to connect with people. And so you just kind of 
offer another avenue for us to connect with people that love our music basically uh and to connect with us as people not in like a you know rock star way but in like a, an actual real person way which i appreciate because we aren't rock stars we're just people so yeah i'm not sleeping tonight after you told me that that was amazing thank you so much from the bottom of my heart steve that was seriously that that made me feel so great about uh it gives Good. me gives me more purpose for what for what i do and again coming from a musician like you a, a band i listen to i mean it's again it's it's i'm always a fan first but i always make sure that you know, there's a fine line between being a professional and being a fan. And the fact that I, I learned from people like you, I wouldn't be here today without the music you've done throughout your career. So much appreciation. Jeremy, oh, thanks, you, man. Keep doing the things to do, man. Hey, let's stay in touch on Instagram, man. I would love to I love that. And I will keep you posted once this episode airs. You're going to love the hot seat once it airs because we do <laughs> we do a pretty amazing job with the audio. It's going to be freaking hilarious. Oh, awesome. So. <laughs> and uh, everyone who's listening, this is Steve Cabucci from Wolves at the Gate. Eulogies drops March 11th on Solid State Records. And if you could do me and Steve a favor, buy the record, you know, because the bands can't do it without your help. It really goes a long way. Really support your artists. I mean, even, you know, 2020 took a hit on all of us. And I feel like it's it's a good thing to see people supporting each other. You know, case in point, we've been doing this the, the last hour. It's been awesome. Um, and with Interview Under Fire, check us out on all major podcast streams. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Steve, thank you again from the bottom of my heart, man. Uh, nothing but love, nothing but the best for you guys going forward. Have a great tour. I'll see you guys in Dallas, hopefully. And uh, uh, you take you take care, man. Peace. Yeah, you as well. Thanks. All right. All right. Later, buddy. Yeah! Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire Podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.